This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. God is so good. Um, Try to do a series this month on prosperity. Amen. And how many people in here believe that God wants to prosper you? Amen. God is a God of prosperity and we don't serve a poor God. And, uh, you know, you know, that's why I think we're going to be excited about going to heaven because heaven is not an impoverished place. It's a it's a place with gold streets, pearly gates, mansions. Glory to God. And so it's going to be an awesome place. But you know what? We don't have to wait to get to heaven to walk in prosperity. Amen. And, you know, I like this because, you know, the Bible actually said that Jesus became poor, that through his poverty, we might become rich. Think about that. So Jesus actually, he came down here on earth. Now, Jesus wasn't really poor when he was walking with his disciples because he all his needs were taken care of. Amen. So he wasn't poor like some religion, uh, religious people might teach because he took care of 12 men for three, three and a half years. He took care of their family. So he wasn't poor. But but compared to heaven, he became poor when when he left heaven, he came down here. He walked on dirt roads. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So in a sense, he became poor. Amen. In a sense, he laid down his glory and, and he walked a normal life anointed by the Holy Ghost, but he walked in while he was down here in abundance. Amen. In other words, Jesus never lacked anything while he was in his ministry. And we see that because you remember Jesus when he asked Peter uh, to use his boat. I don't know if you remember this story. And so to preach out of. And so Peter went in and used his boat. After that, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus went in and used Peter's boat. After that, Jesus said to Peter, uh, go out, launch out and catch some fish. And what happened? It was a boatload of fish. It was so much fish that Peter had to call some of his other uh, fishing buddies to help haul in all the fish. And so really, God is not a God of poverty. God is a God of prosperity. In other words, God is not a God that, that um, poverty is not something that, that God endorses. Amen. And so God doesn't, why? Because poverty, lack is, or debt is part of the curse. And you know, the Bible says that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen. This is in Deuteronomy, uh, this is out of Deuteronomy, you can study out what the, the, the blessing and the curses in Deuteronomy 28. And so the blessing is, well, let's look at something here. Let's look at, um, let's look at uh, Genesis 12. No, let's go to, let's go, let's go to uh, Galatians 3, 13. See, we got to get a revelation that uh, God saved us, but he saved us to, so that he can bless us. So really the key, why God wants to bless us, so really the key is for us to be a blessing. So the reason why God blesses us 
so that we can bless others. That's the key. When we get a revelation of this, that God blesses me so I can become a blessing. Are you hear what I'm saying today? Then our faith is going to take wings and, and soar really high. Amen. Look at Galatians 3, verse 13 here. I love this. Uh, this is a scripture that, we use, that I use a lot when I'm preaching on healing. But this right here, it says, Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, curses everyone who hangs on the tree. And I love this, uh, verse 14. Now, if you, you can underline this in your Bible, but if, if, if you don't like to write in your Bible, get one that you can write in <laughs> and underline it. Amen. And, uh, and underline this, it says here that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. So we see this, that, that, um, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. So really, uh, the good news when Jesus came and he started preaching in his first message, when he preached in the synagogue, he said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to preach the good news to who? The poor. And why did he say to preach the good news to the poor? Because the good news is you don't have to be poor no more. <laughs> in other words, when you get an understanding of who you are and whose you are, God's going to start prospering you. He wants to raise you up. Why? Because he wants to show you off. He wants, listen, he wants to show, he wants to show the world. See, the devil will try to make it look like that his crowd is the blessed crowd. But really, God's crowd is the best crowd, is the blessed crowd. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Because, you know, the Bible says when he adds wealth to us, he adds no sorrow with it. Amen. In other words, there's people of the world, they're getting wealth, but they're, but they're afraid they're going to lose it. They're try, they stay up all night thinking about it. They're, they're always working hard, burning the candle at both ends, which never makes you any brighter. And so they're working, 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 working hard. I, I heard about this one person that's a multimillionaire, and he says he can barely sleep at night. He, he gets up at three o'clock in the morning thinking about his business. I don't know about you, but I don't think that's the life I want to live. I, 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 like, I like sleeping eight hours a day at least. Amen. I, I, I like to be in rest. Amen. And so, and so the bottom line is that, that the curse, or you could say the curse of the fall in Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened was there was a curse that came into this world system. And, the, and actually, it's uh, the Lord uh, God said to Adam, he said that you're going to work with the sweat of your brow and that it's going to be hard work. And, and basically, you're going to be toiling to get through this life. And I, I love this because with uh, in the New Testament, when... Peter and John, when they were uh, fishing, uh, the Bible actually said they toiled all night trying to get fish. But when Jesus came on the board uh, in, in place and when Jesus preached on his boat, Jesus gave him the anointing to prosper and probably have more fish that day than he had in months. 
And I'm going to say this, that God wants to anoint you and he wants to prosper you and he wants to show you off so that, that, that other people will see the blessing on your life and want what you have. Amen. 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 And so I so so really, I really believe prosperity is a drawing card to the loss. Amen. And plus, if you have prosperity, you can bless people around you. You can buy somebody a cup of coffee behind you. You can be in the drive through and pay for somebody's food behind you. Give a card out and say just a little something from God, you know, and, you know, see life church card and, and, and say, come out and, and see us. You know what I'm saying? You have the ability to draw people in to the kingdom of God. Amen. So we got to get a revelation that money isn't evil. It's what we do with it that makes it good or bad. Money is not evil in itself. And we got to get a revelation of that. And I think I think the devil wants us to think and religion likes to teach us that money and we should not talk about money in church. But Jesus talked about money more than he talked about prayer and faith. Amen. He talked about stewardship. He talked, he, he talked, you just study the scriptures. You'll find out that our money is linked to who we are. What we do with it represents us. And I want my money to represent God. I want to have the mark of God on my finances. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so here, uh, let's look at something here because our money is connected to our heart. Amen. And I love what it says in Matthew 6, 9 through 21. Let's read this. It says here in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, it says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. You know, it's interesting, you know, uh, he's not saying don't have a savings account. (laughs) He's not saying don't, don't. Don't lose your mind here. He's not saying don't save. You should have a savings account. But what he's saying is don't put so much of of your thought life on the stuff that we have down here. No, what he's saying is he's saying do not leave your treasures on earth. He's saying because all this stuff is going to dissipate. I mean, the car is going to rust out. Things break down. Does anything ever break down in your house and the car breaks down? Pretty soon you got to buy a new one. It seems like nowadays, whatever you buy only lasts about three or four years. Back in the 50s, they would make it last for 30 years. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The washing machine will last for 30 years if you bought one in the 50s. But nowadays you, you buy one and they break down in about four years and you got to buy a new one. Does anybody know? It's called economics. I think they do it on purpose. They make it just long enough so where you got to buy. An, anybody know what I'm talking about here? Amen. And so, and so he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor uh, rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. And so what he's saying here is, see, we have a tendency and, and I really believe this is something we have to overcome as Christians. We have a tendency of looking out just for ourselves. We have a tendency of protecting what, what's ours. 
what we consider ours. We have a tendency to look out for number one ourselves. And then maybe if we have anything left over, we'll give to God. But that's not the way the kingdom needs to work. We need to, we need to do this. We need a, it says in Matthew 6, we need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to us. So, so when Jesus said that statement uh, in, in Matthew, before he said that statement, he was talking about worries and cares. And what the enemy wants to do, and these were worries and cares of, of what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, how you're going to live. And, and, and Jesus said the, the Gentiles worry about that stuff. But, but then Jesus said, but, but don't worry about this because God's going to take care of you. Then he, then he said, then he said, this is the remedy uh, for getting rid of the cares and the worries uh, about your finances is seek first the kingdom. Woo. Are you listening? In other words, because the enemy wants us to be so tied up and worried about how we're going to make ends meet and how we're going to pay our bills and all this. He wants us focused on that to where we're not focused on the kingdom of God. And see, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 8, 18, that God causes us to prosper, to establish his covenant. And I'm going to say this to you today that when you get, listen, you got to get excited because Because this key principle I'm going to talk to you about today will revolutionize your life, will change your life, can change the generations down the road, can change your entire life. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? The key that I'm I'm talking to you about, do you know what that key is? It's called the key of, of the first, putting God first. It's, it's the key of putting God first place. Put first things first. Put God first. And so when you put God, it's the principle first. When you put God first place, I'm telling you, he does that so so that that it's it's in proper alignment. God is first. He's always existed. He's first. Amen. He's the God that never changes. Let's look at something here because I want to show you that God will never ask us to do something that he wouldn't do first. You know, God wouldn't ask us to give our best unless he does it first. You know that? And let's look at this because I think you're going to find this interesting. I, I, re- I received some of my notes from Robert Morris. He, he ministers a lot on, he wrote a book called The Blessed Life. And Robert Morris is a minister. Anybody ever heard, heard of Pastor Robert Morris? And, uh, and he has a, a very blessed church and, and, and God has blessed him so much. And he likes to give hundred dollar bills out. I like to give dollar bills out, but <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> I like to give the dollar out, but he gives hundred dollar bills out to people. You know, whenever God and, and I'll give money out to whenever God shows me that somebody's in need, and if I got money in my pocket, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sow a seed because because you know because I know there's a blessing around. Amen. And we want to get people. To, into the kingdom. Now, let's look at Exodus 13. And this is the Old Testament here. And this is interesting because I love the entire Bible. And I love the, the you know, the, the whole Bible is really, uh, you know, the Old Testament is really a portrait of Jesus. I don't know if you know that or not. 
But the whole Bible, the whole Bible is centered around Jesus. From Genesis to the book of Revelation, Jesus is in the entire book. And all you have to do is find Jesus. You can find him in Genesis. You can find him in Exodus. You can find him in Deuteronomy. You can find him in all the books of the Bible because Jesus is the center of the Bible. Amen. I like to, uh, when I'm when I'm witnessing, I like to ask people, who do you think is the founder of Christianity? And they look at me like, I don't know. I said, Jesus. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, OK. And, I, and then I'll quote John three sixteen: Who said for God so loved the world they gave his only begotten son? I don't know. Jesus said that. <laughs> I said, I said, most Christians, you need to if you're going to follow Jesus, you need to follow what he says. Right. Don't follow man made doctrines. Follow Jesus. He's the founder of Christianity. Amen. And so and so we can find Jesus in here. And I love this because the Old Testament is types and shadows of Jesus. And when you start getting a revelation of Jesus all through the Bible, your faith will go higher because 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 some people don't want. Oh, we don't want to focus on the Old Testament. No, no. The Old Testament, we want we want to look at the Old Testament because those are those are types and shadows of Jesus. And it shows us what the New Testament is all about. So I love this because it says in Exodus 13, 12 and 13. Well, actually, Exodus 13, 1 and 2. Let's go there first. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast is mine. So we see this, that this is a principle that God is establishing with the Israelites that the firstborn belongs to God. Okay, so he's establishing this and he's saying that the firstborn is consecrated unto God. And he's really, he's talking a lot about this. He's talking about their sacrifice system. And, you know, the Israelites had a sacrifice system. They sacrificed animals uh, to God, amen, in worship to God. They would sacrifice animals. And so let's look at Exodus 13, 12 and, and 13. It says here in Exodus 13, 12 and 13, it says that you shall set apart to the Lord all that opens the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from the, an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. So that's pretty strong. So what he's saying here, he's saying that there's clean animals and there's unclean animals. And he's saying a clean animal would be a lamb. An unclean animal would be like a donkey. And he's saying that when a donkey is, is born, he says that you need to take a clean animal like a, uh, like a lamb and sacrifice a lamb for the donkey. OK, so so that the donkey does not get sacrificed, but the lamb gets sacrificed to redeem the donkey. Does that make sense? And so this this all means something. OK, because really what it means, it's a type and shadow. It's it's a foreshadowing of what God is doing with, with, when he sent Jesus. Think about this. He, he Jesus is, is Jesus is is perfect. He's the the lamb of God. The Bible said that was slain from the he's the spotless lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. And see, and and what is what is Jesus here? What, what did he come here to do? Redeem, redeem sinful mankind. So so what am I saying to you today? I'm, I'm saying that that Jesus, that God basically gave Jesus to us. 
And that was God's first fruit. Or you could say God's tithe. He tithed Jesus so he could reap a harvest. And that harvest is us. Think about it. Is that pretty awesome? In other words, God would not ask us to do something that he wouldn't do first. Ooh, is that powerful? So God gave his very best, Jesus, amen, so that we could be redeemed, right, out of darkness, that we could be redeemed out of sin, so we can be redeemed out of these vices that will try to destroy our lives, that we can be redeemed from ourselves. How many people need to get free of yourself every once in a while? Amen. And I'll tell you, I need to get redeemed. Amen. I need and redeemed means to be bought back, uh, uh, bought with a price. So Jesus paid that price for us. Isn't that pretty awesome? So 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 Jesus's blood sanctifies us. Now, when you're talking about money, you have to we have to look at this money is in this world system. And, and our money, in a sense, we're in a what you would call a Babylonian system. This system, the world is not being run by God. The Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, that, that Satan is the God of this world system. He operates his world system through, finance, through money, right? If you got money, you can get some things done. And, but, but, but the kingdom of God operates not through money, but operates through love. Okay, are you getting that? But love, when we're walking in the love of God, that should mold, that should motivate us to give in to the kingdom. So it's our see the tithe is not just a principle of being blessed. It's a principle of love. Giving to God is a principle of love. It's your love for God and your love for the body of Christ. Are, Are you seeing that? And so here, uh, uh, so we, we see that. So Jesus is uh, the first fruits or, or the tithe or sacrifice that God sent us. And I love that. And um, it says here in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty, it says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So, so I just wanted to show you that the Bible actually says that Jesus is the first fruits. Think about that. And I love that. And also in Revelation, it says, uh, and, and from Jesus Christ, Revelation 1, 5, and from Jesus Christ, the, fir- the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. I love that. So, so Jesus is also the firstborn. In, in, in other words, you know, we get born again, but he's the fir- firstborn from the dead. The Bible says Jesus was dead, but now he's alive. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And I'm telling you, at one time we were dead. At one time we were lost in our sins. At one time we were away from God. At one time we were aliens apart from the commonwealth of Israel. At one time we were lost and undone. But thank God for Jesus. Are you listening? Thank God that Jesus came and saved us, delivered us and set us free. Glory. Do you know what you have in God? You have more going for you than you think you do. 
I'll tell you, you need to get excited about this because God is awesome and God wants to prosper you. He doesn't want you in debt. He doesn't want you barely making it. He doesn't want you being stressed out about your finances. He doesn't want that every day. Think about, oh my gosh, how am I going to make it? He doesn't want that in your vocabulary or in your thinking. No, no, he wants you thinking about him and his goodness and his love. And then when we're walking in the way that he wants us to walk, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then he adds all these things to us. Ooh, it's powerful. I'm telling you, you know, you never know when the blessing's going to drop. You know, yesterday, you know, I'm always, Yin and I, we, we, we tithe off every blessing that comes in. We like to tithe off of it, give it back to the Lord because we want to acknowledge that God is behind every blessing. I want to acknowledge it's not me. It's not how good looking I am. (laughs) It's not because of my sparkling personality. It's not because of how I manipulate people. No, it's because of God's favor on my life. And you can't buy favor. You can't buy it. You, you can't buy the favor of God. But the favor of God opens doors. The favor of God causes people to do good for you. The favor of God. You can't buy it, but you can walk in it. And I want to walk in the favor of God. You know, for example, you know, yesterday, you know, I bought one of those um, machines called the bullet. Uh, is it the bullet? It's the bullet? It, it, okay, it's, it's a blender. Amen. It's not for a gun. I'm not going to shoot anybody today. But anyway. And I bought a blender, but I realized that I really didn't need it. Yet. I, was, I wanted to mix up my coffee drink. I, I do a special, it's called the, the Bullet Coffee. And I add, you know, all these spices in there, pepper and red pepper and all that. After you're done drinking it, you'll be in the bathroom for about 15 minutes. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's, it's a hard cup of coffee to drink. <laughs> it's like, help me, Jesus, get this down. And um, it has red pepper in there and has all this stuff. But actually, it's, it's, it's good for you, I think. But um, <laughs> so anyway, but it, this thing doesn't blend uh, hot drinks. And I bought it so it could blend up my hot drink so I wouldn't have to stir it. But then after I bought it, it says it doesn't work on hot drinks. I said, oh, so I said, I'm going to return this thing. Because I have a really nice blender. So I went to return it, but I didn't have the receipt. Anybody ever lose your receipt and you want to return something? So I just prayed for favor. And I went to Bed Bath & Beyond and, I, and, I, and I, I was able to put everything back in the box. Right? Just right. You know, that was, that was the miracle of God. <laughs> to be able to put everything back and make sure it all fit. Because you didn't know. It doesn't have a schematic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I had to pray three times before I could put that together. <laughs> and so I... I, I went there and I'm got, I got that box and said, I'm returning this. Do you have a receipt? No. Do you know what card you put it on? No. Uh, get out of here, you loser. You know? And so I'm, I'm there. You know, I don't have a card. Do you have an ID? Uh, no, my picture's in the post office. No, I'm kidding. And, um, and uh, they said, do you got an ID? And I said, yes, I got an ID. I said, I, said, I, I bought this, and, but, but can I just get a gift card? I always buy stuff from you guys anyway. And so she said, well, you don't, I said, here's this card. I was giving different cards and none of them were, were, you know, they could pull it off of a credit card that you use. And I used different credit cards at different times. And I gave her three credit cards and all of them came back, back, back. And uh, so she said, I'm going to have to call my manager. And the manager said, "Uh, you don't have a receipt. You don't know what card it's from. He said, what planet are you from? No, he didn't say that. But, 
I said, no, I'm just kind of just, I'm just the dumb consumer trying to return this, okay? <laughs> Being very meek. And uh, he said, uh, he said, did you use it? I said, yeah, one time. He said, man, we're not even supposed to do that. He said, but anyway, I'm going to let you take it, but don't let this happen again. Favor. Can somebody say favor? Favor. And then, you know, he t- takes it back and they scan it in. And they give me a gift card for $67, came up $79. But, but I said, listen, I bought this for $59 and had 20%. I only paid $50 and you give me a $67 card, gift card. You're giving me way, way too much money back. And she said, what? I said, I bought it because it was on sale that week for $59.95. Normally it's $79.95. And I've had the 20% coupon, which brought it down to $50. But you're giving me $67 back. That's $17 more than what I paid for it. And she said, I don't know what to do. She called the manager again. What should we do? He said, if it scans in for that, that's what he gets. And I said, okay, I won't argue with you. (laughs) I just want to be honest. I'm an honest person. She was surprised that I was so honest, but I'm not going to steal. I'm going to be honest. And she said, that's it. That's what you get. We can't ring it up any other way. So I made out $17. Can somebody say increase? See, all that is increased. All these little things that God does, you know, like I was at a men's meeting. I'm, uh, see Bill over there. I was at a meeting. He said, you know, you can sell stuff on OfferUp. I said, what? You can make money on OfferUp? Yeah, you can sell anything. I see a piece of trash sitting outside, you know, and me and you are picking up that piece of trash in the car and we're t- taking a picture on OfferUp and it sold, sells for 50 bucks. Money increase. You know what? God will show you how to increase. You know, we picked up a table one time, put it in the offer up, made $65. Just a little, little. I said, come on, Yin, you can push a little harder than that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but can somebody say increase? Increase. I, 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 see, I see treasure in junk. I'd be driving by. People, people are throwing away the best stuff. Anybody ever see that? Is it just me that sees this? Or am I just a junk man? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm the junk man. <laughs> but anyway, I am selling another table, by the way. If anybody's looking for No, we'll continue. But God wants to prosper you. Say, God wants to prosper me. So we're talking about the, the first key to prosperity is that we want to put God first place in our lives. Amen. So, so let's look at Romans 5, 8. Because we got to get an understanding. The reason why we want to give to God is because first God gave to us. Amen. Why we were lost and undone. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. So I'm going to talk to you today. I know this is, can be a controversial subject, but, but I think we all can agree that God wants us to put him first. Can we all agree that? Okay. So, so I'm going to try to tie in the tithe with putting God first. Okay. Now I lost some of you, you know, but I'm going to try to put that because I believe the tithe and putting God first go hand in hand. It says here, uh, and I believe the principle of the tithe will bless you. Amen. Because it has blessed me. And, um, and so we, you, you know that I, the tithe came way before the Levitical law. It, it came with Abraham. And we know that Abraham, the Bible says that he won this great victory where his, where his uh, nephew Lot uh, was taken into captivity by a king. 
And so Abraham had to fight a war with, I believe, three kings. He won. He had all these spoils. And then Melchizedek was a man that had no beginning or end. And he was likened to the incarnate Jesus. So we weren't too sure. But, but some theologians believe that he was Jesus incarnate. So, uh, and, and the Bible says that Abraham gave a tenth of all his spoils to Melchizedek. And, uh, and, so, and so that's where the tithe actually, you know, started sort of under the, in a sense, it wasn't even under the law. The tithe was what, what, what Abraham gave out of the love and the thankfulness that God gave him victory in the battle. And, and when we give to God, we need to be thinking about the victory he has given to us over Satan who has tried to take us down many times. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, none of us would be here this morning. And it's the grace of God that gets us up in the morning. It's the grace of God that gives us a, a, a sound mind. You think, you, you think you're so smart. No, it's God's grace that enables you to walk out this life without going bonkers. You know, there was this man named Nebuchadnezzar. And he thought he was real smart. And he, was all, and he was all puffed up in pride. And God said, you are a pretty smart king, but I'm going to re- reveal to you you're not too smart. And, and King Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind and ended up eating grass out in the fields. You remember that story? And, you, know, and, you know, if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't even have your mind today. You would probably be out of your mind. But thank God for the grace of God. Amen. And so we need to understand that. So we understand this, that giving God first came really, um, and we're going to talk about that, uh, came really in the very beginning. I really believe that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where God gave Adam and Eve the stewardship uh, or the management of the garden, God had only one uh, rule in that garden, and that was not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, you can have all the other trees, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that's mine. And we got to get a revelation that we're not just owners, we're managers of what God gives us. And when we get that revelation that we're managing what God gives us, then we're going to respect, I, I believe we're going to respect it a little bit more. Because because whatever whatever belongs to God should be respected and we should honor those things that are put into our hands. You know, I have a TV set and it's an old it's probably 15 years old. I've had it for so long. I love it. And um, and every once in a while it it, it will go out. The bulb will burn out. It actually one of those TVs has a bulb, but it looks like a flat screen, but it's really big on the backside. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's a projection TV. And, uh, I, but I love that TV. And I love the fact that I could buy like a $25 bulb and get it working again. But, you know, I bought a bulb a couple weeks back and that thing didn't work. So it was time for God. I would say, I'm a good steward. But then, the Lord, I just felt led. It was time to buy a new TV set. So I bought one, amen. And I bought this TV set. And I didn't realize how, how, how nice a new picture looks. The, it, now I could actually, it, it's, it's not, it's not blurry people anymore. You know, in, in other words, it's the people are so clear on this TV. It's a 4k and, and it's like, it was only like 300 bucks for 55, you know, 379 for a 55 inch. They're cheap. 
TVs are dirt cheap these days. But I didn't realize that I, I was sort of handicapped watching TV. <laughs> and, sometimes, and God just sometimes wants to prosper you. And he wants you sometimes to not be so tight. And, and so I'm, uh, you know, and, he, and, and, and so every once in a while when things don't work and you're trying to be the best steward, sometimes it's time to buy. Amen. And so, so we're talking about this. Let's just talk about this, that, that, that God really, I really believe he looks at tithing and the first is very important. In Joshua, the first uh, city that he was supposed to, uh, that he took was Jericho. And Jericho was an impregnable city. It was probably one of the hardest cities to take. And, God, and, and so God had, had Joshua, uh, you know, take down you know, Jericho, but he had a rule. He told them that they had to give the gold and all that into the treasury of God. And so that was the rule. They could not take any of that treasure for themselves. That was the first city. And so, and so what happened? Well, if, you may not know the story, but there was a man named Achan and he, and he saw some of that gold and he saw it and he took it and he buried it under his tent and then they went out and tried to, you know, capture another city, a smaller city, a much easier city, uh, AI. And they lost the battle and they came running away and they said, God, what happened? Joshua dropped on his knees. What happened? And, and God says, there's sin in the camp. He says, somebody took the gold that belongs to God. And what happened was that the curse came, came into the camp. So they had to find out who it was. And, and finally, Achan, you know, uh, confessed. And uh, his end was not too good. Amen. Think about this. Think about this. When it comes to giving, uh, I believe the whole kingdom of God is based on these two principles, forgiving and giving. Can I say that again? The whole kingdom of God, what it's all based on is our forgiveness of sins, is God forgiving us of our sins. And, and, and he gave his only begotten son so that we could be saved. Right. So it's all about giving and forgiving. Our life is about forgiving and giving. Are you hear what I'm saying? It, our life is not it's not based on the stuff that we have. It's based on really us walking in love and forgiving and giving. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Uh, uh, and so when we get a revelation of that, I believe that we're going to go higher in God. And I don't want to do anything that's going to hold me back from receiving the best that God has for me. If it's if it's a dollar out of every 10, if it's 10 out of every 100, if it's a 100 out of every 1,000, if it's a 1,000 every out of every 10,000, if it's a 100,000 of every million, I want I want to give it to God. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. And when we do that, I really believe we cut off this thing that that's that's called self-preservation. What does that mean? Self-preservation. I was we have a tendency to want to preserve ourselves. In other words, we have a tendency. Humankind wants to protect itself and it doesn't want to lose. And so it, it's kind of how before I got saved, I used to my philosophy was I'm going to look out for number one because nobody's going to look out for me. Anybody ever had that that philosophy? I'm going to look out. For, I'm, I'm going to look out for mine because nobody's going to look out for me. But that's not a kingdom way of thinking. In other words, when we start thinking, I'm going to look out for somebody else, God will look out for you. 
Are you I gotta drop the mic right now. When we start looking at being a blessing to somebody else, God's gonna be a blessing to us. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And I'm telling you, I, I've been doing blessings left and right. And God's, I, I'm in like a blessed zone. God's been blessing me, you know? I mean, just blessing Yin and I and just finances are coming our way. I'm like, we're in like, we're in like a harvest. It's coming in. A harvest is coming in. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, and, but see, I don't want that just happening for me. I want that happening for you. I want you guys having harvests coming in. Like, oh, man. This is good. God is good. God is doing this. We have Arlene. She was in line one time at, at, the, at, at the grocery store. She had some groceries and the guy was right there in line with her. And the, and the guy said, I want to buy her groceries. I'm telling you, that's good to be on the receiving side of it. But you know what's even better? You buying the groceries for somebody in need. Because when you got the money and they're bare and they got little pennies and they're trying to buy something. He said, I'll take care of that. I there, there's something good that, you, that, that comes into your equation. You just find, wow. And you say, and the reason why you do this, you tell them, the reason why I do this, because God so loved the world that he gave. And, and he gave back to me. And if it wasn't for Jesus in my life, I don't know where I would be at. I'd be so focused on myself. I'd be living, you know, I, I'd be living a low life. But because of Jesus, he has brought me to a higher life. Amen. So, so, so we need to understand that. So we need to get a revelation that if we don't give into the kingdom, it, it's, it's going to hurt God's ability to bless us. Uh, here's a point here. The first fruits must be offered. So the number one point is the first fruits must be sacrificed. Amen. And the second point is the first fruits must be offered. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. It says, the honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of some of your increase. That's right. That's the miser translation I think I'm reading out of. I got to get that fixed. And the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow in the wine. Isn't that an awesome scripture? That's saying that when we give into the kingdom, uh, it says here, look, look at this. Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of all your increase. Notice that? All your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. God wants your barns being filled with plenty and he wants your vats being overflow with new wine. What is he saying here? He's saying that, you know, some of you might need to get a couple more bank accounts. Some of you might need to start thinking, what if God could prosper you so much? What would you do? You have to write, write down, how would you bless people? What would you do to bless the kingdom of God? Are you thinking kingdom minded? Oh, how could you bless, you know, if a church, if God made me a millionaire, I would buy a church building. I would buy our own land. I would pay, pay it out in my own pocket. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? If God gave me $10 million today, I'd be looking for land for the church. Amen. I mean, personally, if God gave me $10 million, I'd be looking for a place. We would have a coffee bar when you came in. You know, you'd get your little coffee drink. You know, you come in with your hot coffee. You wouldn't have to go to Starbucks. Amen. Are you listening? 
You come in, you hear the sermon, you be blessed, blessed, blessed. We have a beautiful kids ministry with all the stuff and for the kids and all the video games. You know, of course, we would have Jesus on the video games. But and uh, and, you know, we would have it all, you know, for God. You know, if somebody gave me 10 million dollars, does anybody need my account numbers? But anyway. So we want to honor the Lord. Exodus 23, 19. The first of all the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. And so he says here in Exodus, you want to bring your first fruits. Amen. Um, I love that. You know, some may ask, why did not, why did God not, um, why didn't he accept uh, Cain's offering? I don't know if you remember this story, but at the very beginning in Genesis, uh, the first murder was over an offering. And did you know the first person that died in church was over an offering too? In the book of Acts? In the book of Acts, they lied about an offering and, and the person dropped and died. Both the man and his wife. It was over an offering. So offering, you know, is big in God's eyes. It's really big in God's eyes. So, so we got to really think about that. So, so, so why didn't, you know, the Bible says, let's, let's look at this. In Genesis, let's, let's just read this caption here. It says, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. This is Genesis 4, 3 and 5. I'm reading the Amplified. He may, may have the New Kings up, King James up there. It says, and Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and of the fat portions. And the Lord had respect and regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain... And his offering, he had no respect or regard. So Cain was exceedingly angry and indignant, and he looked sad and depressed. So here, it says here that Cain brought to the Lord an offering, but it says that, that Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and of the fat portions. And some translations said the first of, uh, and the best that he had. So really, so, so, so Abel brought God the very best, and Cain gave an offering that was not his best, was, was not really what God wanted. And the Bible says that, that God did not respect Cain's offering. We see this same principle in Malachi where the priests and in the book of Malachi, in the book of Malachi, Malachi wrote to the priests and to, you know, the common people. And he, and, and he said, you know, God was being gypped in the offerings. In other words, uh, they were bringing in their lame sheep and the broken down cows and whatever they were giving God. They were, they, he was giving God things that were not even... Actually, what God said was you would, get, you would present to the governor better sacrifices than to God. And God said in Malachi... If I am a father, I should be honored. And so we want to honor God. And so God said, you know, in a sense, and God said to in the to people in the book of Malachi, he said that he didn't, he didn't receive their offerings because they weren't really the best. And God wants our best. So we see this principle all through that. We see Jesus and he sees people giving into the offering and he sees his lady gives two widow mites. And he, and he says, this lady right here, she, she gave, and what she gave, she gave everything. She, gave, she didn't just give a tithe, she gave all that she had. And Jesus said, this lady has faith. See, see, the tithe is a love principle, but it's also a faith principle. It takes faith to tithe. 
I'm going to say again, it, you got to have faith. you got to believe. you got to believe the word of God. It takes faith. It takes no faith not to give. It takes faith to give when you're trying to figure out your finances, figure out if it's going to work. It takes faith to tithe. And God is pleased by our faith. And when we say, okay, I'm just going to do it, God, I'm going to tithe. I'm telling you this one man I was reading about in this book yesterday on tithing. And he was in the 1900s and, and he was, he was in debt, you know, he was in debt to a house and he had, he had debts and all that. But he decided to put God to a test. And he said he was going to start tithing everything he had. And when he started, made that commitment to tithe to his church, God gave him an idea. Can somebody say an idea? And I'm telling you, one idea can be worth millions. One idea can be worth billions. One idea that God gives you could change the entire course and destiny of future generations to come. One idea. And God gave this man an idea to, to open a business and to have these fruit jars. And, and so he did. He put everything in there and God prospered him. And in the course of time, God started prospering and made him a multimillionaire, gave him an idea and made him a multimillionaire. And on these fruit jars, he would tell everybody that tithing is the way to go once you get saved. Think about that. And see, God will give us ideas. He will give us grace. He will give us um, uh, courage because it takes courage to step out on ideas. And what the enemy will try to do is keep us in fear and keep us locked down from moving out in what God wants us to do. It, it, it takes courage to step up. And we need the courage of God when, God when God gives us a God idea. And what happened back then was there was a big fire and, um, in, in the area where he had his factory. And people were telling him his, his factory didn't make it. And he said, I don't believe that. And he said, I don't believe that. And they said, no, 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 your factory has to be burned down because you got oil and how you make your jars and the glass and fire. You, you, and it's made out of wood. It's done. He said, I don't believe that. And he finally went to his town. And guess what? His building was the only building standing. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, see, see, listen, why do some buildings fall apart? Why do some people go by the wayside and others? Because they are founded on the rock of the word of God. They're founding on the truth and they're doers of the word of God. And when we become doers of the word of God, we're going to see the greatness of God in our lives. And this man, his building kept standing. This man, God made a multimillionaire. You can study out the Christian businessmen that, 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 that came to high heights in their finances. You'll find that they were all givers. They were all tithers. That's, that, that's a key. And we got to get a revelation of that, that God wants to bless you. Say, God wants to bless me. Amen. And the third key is the tithe must be first. In Leviticus, and this is the last key, the tithe, what I'm talking about that. You see, if, if you get maybe a thousand dollars paycheck and, and you, you pay your mortgage, and you pay this, pay that, and, then you, and you pay, the, you pay the, your tithe at the end, it's not first. Your mortgage first. No, you, you, when you, as soon as you get that check, you write a check to God. You say, this is first. You put God first place. Leviticus 27, 30 says, and the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, 
is the Lord's and it is holy. So let me just say this, that that God wants to prosper you beyond all measure, abundantly above more than you can ask or think. God wants to raise you up and prosper you, but you're going to have to go with God's prosperity plan. You're going to have to go the way God says. I love what it says in Malachi 8, 8 through 12. I'm going to read this. It says here, will a man rob God? And the, this was to the people in Malachi days when they weren't really doing right. And, and, and he said, yet you have robbed me. But, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Now, I, I, I like to look at this scripture in, in, instead of me telling pe- people that if you're not tithing, you're a, you're a God robber. I like to say it this way. You're robbing God's ability to bless you. You're, you're, you're holding God's hands back from really wanting to do something supernatural in your life. You're, you're keeping God from moving you forward. So, so in a sense, we're robbing God's ability to bless us because he wants to give you witty ideas. He wants to give you, he wants to reveal secrets, uh, secret treasures, the Bible says, in hidden places. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I said, I said, man, I'm staying on that scripture. I'm going to, maybe, you know, maybe you, you, you go, maybe God gets you, maybe he, 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 he leads you to go to a garage sale. And in that garage sale, you, you're, you're standing there and there's some comic books and there's number one to Superman. And they don't know what they got. Do you know what that's valued at? <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And maybe God can lead you to a place and you, and, and it, it's, it's hidden treasures in secret places. God can do that. There, God can reveal to you, show you. He can, man, real estate. I'm telling you, God can show you real estate to buy and, 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 and sell and, and, and do all this. He can do that. He can get you into that house. He can get you in a, what? Because, and when we start aligning ourselves with God's principles, then we're, we're going to be aligned to where now money doesn't have us. It's not controlling us. God's controlling us. And our, our, our sights are on that. So it says here, and in tithes and offerings, and it says here, for you are cursed, for you are cursed with a curse. It, it's not saying that God's cursing us. It's saying, he's not saying he's cursing people, that this whole system is under a curse. This whole world system's under a curse. And we got to get the curse off of our money. And so how we do that? By tithing. I believe it blesses the 90%. This is, there may be food in my house. And try me this, says Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven, pour you out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. So shall, so shall the vine fail to bear fruit in the field, so says the Lord of hosts, and the nations will call you blessed for you'll be a delightful land. I love that. So what is he saying? He's saying, God's saying this, that God's going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. He's saying that he's going to divinely protect your inheritance. He's saying that he's going to watch over your stuff. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? If if the enemy's trying to steal something from you, he's going to have to repay back sevenfold. Whatever the enemy's trying to steal, you have the right heart attitude. You have the right, you, you have the right thinking towards it. God will pay back. God will take it from from, you know, from the world system and give it to you. You believe that today? No matter what you're going through, God will protect. If you lost something, if something was lost, God can bring it back to you. 
God can, God can make a way where there seems to be no way. God can expand your life greater than what you can do on your own. I'm not smarter than God. I'm not as smart as God. I need God's smarts in this life. I need God's wisdom in this life. I need to get a God idea. I, I, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I need, I need to think God's thoughts. God can give you that one idea. He can show you how to prosper. He can show you how to manage your money. He can show you how to do things better than the world. And when you start doing things better than the world and people wonder how you're doing it, because God is revealing to you the secrets of prosperity and you're walking in it. And then people are being drawn to you because you have the, the goods, you have the blessing on your life and you're being a blessing and they want to be what you are. Amen. And when you are not lacking anything and you're walking in love and you're a giver, you're going to see the blessings of God in your life. You believe that today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you. Oh, that you want each one of us blessed beyond measure. Oh, you want to give us God enriching ideas. You want to reveal secret treasures in hidden places. You, you want to open the doors uh, and the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that we cannot even contain. So I just thank you, Father God. And I lift up those that are tithers today. And Father, I thank you, Lord God. I ask, Father God, that you would put them up in their companies. Make them ten times greater than the world. Give them promotions and increase and blessing, Lord. And Father God, give them witty ideas. And Father, I thank you, Father God, for those that are maybe they're in fear and they don't know if they should do this. They don't they don't know. They, 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 they're afraid to, to, to tithe because they're looking at their circumstances and situations. Father, give them the faith. To, to, to step out and be a tither and, and show them, Father God, that you are a big God and that you can bless them far beyond any measure that they can do in their own ability or in their own selves. And Father, I just thank you that the first tithe that we need to give is our life. And maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online and you got to give you, you got to give your life to God that you got to sow your life into the kingdom of God. You need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. He needs to be sitting on the throne of your heart and you need to get off the throne of your heart and put Jesus there. So I'm telling you, when you do that, God will bring you into such blessing and such peace, such joy. I'm telling you, it will be a whole new life. Pray this after me and mean your heart if you, you want to receive Christ today. Say this, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.